0: Welcome to our God's Word for Today devotional. One of the phrases that we learned from Don Moen that he popularized in his song, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good, and that's true. And that's what we can learn in Psalm chapter 65 this morning, from verse 1 to 13, that God really is good, according to David. Let me read this chapter today. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds, you answer us with righteousness. O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, the one who by his strength establishes the mountains, being girded with might, who steals the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide your grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessings, its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. God is good. Uh, This song is from David who set this in Zion where God's presence is in verse 1. That's why he said in verse 1, praise is due to you, O God, in Zion. He expressed God's goodness here in three ways that God blesses mankind. What are these three ways? Firstly, it's because of God's forgiveness. David says in verse 2 to verse 4, O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. The mention of all flesh in verse 2 does not mean that all flesh are automatically be forgiven. But all flesh are given the opportunity to be forgiven. Whether you are a Jew or a Gentile or whatever race we are in or we are, what economic status, what educational status, there's no distinction. Anybody of us. God has offered his forgiveness. Forgiveness is from God's own initiative, not by our striving, not by man's striving. That's why we said, well, we, say, we see here in verse 4 Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. Now, the Bible tells us that we are all dead because of our sins and trespasses. Nobody seeks God. Everyone seeks his own. But it's God who draws us to himself. He took the initiative. He is the one looking for Adam and Eve while they were hiding at the garden's forest after this sin. It was not Adam and Eve who were looking for them, but it was God who, were, who was looking for them. Adam, where are you? It does not mean that God was not able to did not see Adam. It was a call for, for them for repentance, but sad to say that Adam and Eve did not repent. So when you think about forgiveness, it is the initiative from God. Thank God that He initiated to offer us forgiveness. Otherwise, we will never be able to experience the forgiveness from God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 is a good verse that we should remember that it's by the grace of God that we are forgiven. We are saved not by our good works, but because of the grace of God. It's the gift of God. So you are forgiven. You receive salvation. You have this status that you belong to the family of God, not because of your own initiative, but because of God's own initiative. We love Him because He first loved us. The second blessing that God did that David acknowledges is that God shows His goodness by His righteous deeds. David continued to write here in verse five to eight: "By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation." The hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. The one who by strength establishes the mountains, being girded with might, who steals the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, and the tumult of the peoples, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout. This account of David has alluded to the great miracle that God did at the Red Sea. In Psalm one hundred six, verse twenty-two, the writer also has written the same account that is he mentioned about the wondrous works in the land of Ham. Ham is Egypt, or the brother of Shem and Japheth, who settled in the in in. In that portion of the world, Egypt and the southern part, like Africa. And the awesome deeds of the Red Sea. This is what Samuel 6, verse 22. So, in other words, when you think of the miraculous act of God, we should be very thankful and grateful that God is good, particularly for the Jews represented by David here that act of god by liberating or emancipating giving them freedom from the bondage of egypt was too good that he could ignore an act that we should not ignore when we think of the sacrifice of christ to the cross we should not ignore that that act we should not question that God really is good that he sent his only begotten son in order to die for us. And it's not because of your own goodness, it's because of his own initiative. The third and the last is that God's goodness is demonstrated by his providence. David expressed how God has provided man his needs by saying, You, referring to God, visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide our grains, for so you have prepared it. This is verse 9. Your water is forest abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessing its growth. That's verse 10. Verse 11, you crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gear themselves with joy. Verse 13, the meadows of cloth themselves with flocks, the valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. So from verse 9 to verse 13, David recounted the goodness of the Lord by his provision to mankind. God blesses the earth with rain and sunshine, not for a selected few, but for all mankind to enjoy and thrive. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, that our Father is so magnanimous and so gracious that He sends the rain not only to the just but also to the unjust. He let the sun shine not only to the good but even to the wicked people. Theologians call this the common grace, that God unconditionally is gracious to all mankind. And meet this graciousness of God or goodness of God, will lead people to repentance. As Paul said in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, don't you realize that the goodness of the Lord should lead us to repentance? I hope that you and I will always think of this, that the goodness of the Lord, unconditional and abundant goodness of the Lord, should not make us to abuse because God wants us to recognize that he wants us to recognize that because he's good, we should be attracted to, to him, to believe in him, to surrender to him. The goodness of the Lord should lead us to repent and be attracted to our God. In the Old Testament, there is a story of Naomi who experiences losses. You can read this, her story in the book of Ruth. But he was, she was encouraged to go back to Bethlehem, Bethlehem is the city which means house of bread because in chapter 1 verse 6 the Lord has visited his people and given them food. I think the spiritual principle here is this that God bless or blesses us blesses them the the, the world with common grace in order for us to be encouraged to go to him. Just like Naomi, she went out of Moab to go back to the to Bethlehem where she belongs, the city where she should be, the city where God will provide her needs, the city where weeks she will be brought again back to her old, good relationship with God. Let's not forget therefore that God is extremely good. And I think what epitomizes what ultimately demonstrates his goodness towards mankind is by sending his only begotten son the Lord Jesus Christ. He is so loving, he is so good to give his only son for us. That's why in Romans chapter 8 verse 32 Paul said, "He who did not spare his own son" but give him up for us all. How will he not also will with him graciously give us all things? We should not doubt that God will give us all things. It's not only pertaining to spiritual things, but I believe it pertains also to all that we need in life, the good things of life. Because he even had given his only begotten son to us. It's, it's mind-boggling, really. How come that we sinners, we don't deserve... The, the goodness and the grace of God. Yet He loves us. There is nothing that God can get from us that is good. Yet He did not spare His own Son. He gave Him up for us all. Let us not doubt that God this soul is good. Admit me that this will draw you to Him today. If you are running away from God, may you be attracted again to the goodness of God. If you have not considered about the goodness of God, perhaps this is the time you will recognize that the goodness of the Lord you should recognize that will lead you to repent and believe in him as your personal Lord and Savior and be saved wonderfully. Thank God for his goodness. He is good not because of what he can get from us, but simply because it's his nature that God is good. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you that Your goodness is not conditioned by our goodness. You love and you bestow your grace of salvation upon us, not because we were good or we are good, but despite that we are sinners, you send your only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And thank you, Lord, that your goodness you have given to to us. I know that you are still in the business of changing lives. I pray that many will recognize your goodness and repent of their sinfulness and be drawn to you and be attracted to you that they will not continue to live a sinful lifestyle, but in deep gratefulness, they will serve you, Lord. May me be that these words will remain in our hearts even today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.